So being that uh, by all accounts, it looks like most of us are going to be home for Rosh Hashanah and uh, leading our own prayers in our living room as the rabbi and the chazan and uh, and the shofar blower. So um, an interesting dilemma in this situation is what should our attitude to that be? Should we be feeling regretful and sorry that we are not in shul together with our extended family and community singing and enjoying the the spirit of connection that we have in shul not able to say many of the prayers that are only said when you have a minyan present and it's a communal prayer not hearing the torah reading and not going through the the usual traditions that are done collectively and communally should we be feeling we're missing out and a sense of regret of pain and feeling, you know, a little bit down about that? Or should we be saying, no, everything is in Hashem's hands. If God has decided that we're supposed to be home, we're supposed to be home. And this is where we're meant to be. And we should be embracing that, celebrating that, and saying, this is this is the best. It's not second best, it's best. This is where we are, and that's where we're supposed to be. And there are no mistakes, and things don't happen by chance. And so if the divine design has been that we have to be home we have to be home so don't don't regret it don't yearn to be somewhere else be happy where you are which way should we approach this is this a positive and a plus or is it a negative and we're missing out on something and certainly all of us can see both angles here that uh, there's no question that being together with the community is so central and so important and so vital to what being a Jew is. That Altif Rosh Minatzibur, don't separate yourself from the community, say our sages. We we need to be a part of something bigger. And it's it can't be said that it's the same to be praying at home alone. On the other hand, it is true that there are no accidents. And if this is where God has placed us, it must be for a reason what we must be supposed to be here. And we have to serve God with joy. In every situation, we have to find joy and, be, and positivity. So we, how do we approach this festival? With the regret of what we're missing out on? Or with the joy of what we have? So in answering this question, I was reminded of a, a fascinating personality that I read about. His name was Ramosha Faglin. Ramosha Faglin lived about 100 years ago. He was a Jew from Russia. He was a Hasid, a follower of the Rebbe Rashab and the, the previous Rebbe of Lubavitch. And he was originally from Russia, ended up in Israel, what was then called Palestine, up in, nor- in the north in Matula. He was a farmer, a very talented farmer. However, circumstances uh, had it that it didn't work out for him in, in Israel. He had to leave. And it was at a time when Australia was taking in immigrants. And so he ended up on a ship to Australia. And he brought himself, his family, uh, a little Hasidic family, to Australia in 1912. He arrived in Australia. Back then, there was not much of a community here, certainly not much of a religious community. And he arrived in Melbourne was quite dismayed by the community found there. And soon after arrival, 
he had an opportunity to move to a rural settlement called Shepparton in Victoria, outside of Melbourne, several hours outside of Melbourne. Uh, then it might have been several days outside of Melbourne in those days. And he moved with his family to Shepparton. There were a couple of other Jewish families lived there, but it was an extremely, extremely small community. And because of his farming talents, uh, the Australian government encouraged the, the settlement of the land. And so he, he went out there. For many, many years, um, he lived on this settlement. And it was quite a lonely existence. He was the only Hasidic Jew at the, at, at, the, at the start. Other families joined eventually. He brought several families. But for much of the time, he was alone. And at least spiritually, quite alone. And he is considered, I mean, there's a book that's written about him, the Avramavinu of Australia, he's called. He's like the Abraham of Australia, the, the father of the, of the religious settlement of Australia, because as far as religious Jews, he was really the first to settle and to start building the community. But he did it all on his own. And I've, I've read the, the story of his life, and I've always imagined being in, in a rural Australian town, and spending Shabbos there, learning Torah with his children and educating them themselves. Eventually, a group formed there, a community formed, they built a shul, and they made a beautiful community, which really became the beginnings of the Chabad community and the re religious community of Melbourne, which, which is today a flourishing community. Eventually, those families moved to Melbourne. But there were many, many years when they lived an extremely desolate, disconnected, and lonely life. Only after many, many decades did the community grow into a bustling community and which was the kernel of what, what today is a, a, a very proud community in the, in the Jewish world and that is the community of Melbourne. There was a point where Rabbi Moshe Feiglin, he traveled to New York, it was in the 1950s, to, to see the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He had been very close with the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe, and also with the sixth Rebbe, the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe, the, the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak who I don't think he ever met, but he was in correspondence with. In the 1950s, after the passing of the previous Rebbe and the Rebbe took over, so um, Ramosha Feiglin connected with him and went to be in New York to see the Rebbe. And at a Febrengen, at one of the public gatherings, 1956 it was, the Rebbe actually addressed him, this Moshe Feiglin, and, and, and spoke to him and spoke about him. And he described how Australia is a place where... A big part of Australia is unsettled and unsettleable. A, a big part of the land has, has no water, no running water, and is, is, is completely deserted. And the Rebbe said, why would God create such deserted places, such empty deserted places? And he answered, because Hashem wants that people should settle those places and experience the thirst of the emptiness of the place and say, but I've got to build something. That thirst and yearning causes them to want to build something, to build something up. And so the Rebbe said, this is not only true physically, where there's a place where there's no water, you're thirsty, but spiritually as well. When you're alone in a place, when you're spiritually disconnected and feeling a, a sense of distance from the, the spiritual wellsprings of a big community, when you're all alone and lonely and, 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 and uh, isolated, so... You yearn, you yearn to be a part of something bigger. You feel that loneliness. And the loneliness is like this void that you want to fill. 
that when, when you don't have the connection with like-minded people, when, you don't, when you're not surrounded with people who are doing the same thing as you, when, you, when you're not able to bounce off others and share ideas and, and share a lifestyle and a belief system, when you're, when you're disconnected from community, you yearn to be a part of it. You want and wish you could be a part of it. And that wishing and yearning itself is extremely powerful. The Rebbe quoted what King David said in Tehillim. In the book of Psalms, David HaMelech says, nafshi, basari, belimayim, that, I, that my soul thirsts for you, God. My flesh pines for you in a, in a, in a parched and thirsty land without water. This David HaMelech said when he was in the desert. But also in, in the spiritual desert. I'm yearning for you, God, when I'm in the desert, when I'm, when I'm disconnected, when I'm alone. And then David Melech continues, So too, when I'm in a holy place, I should see you. I yearn for you when I'm in the desert, and in, when I'm in a holy place, I should see you and, and, and recognize you. The Baal Shem Tov said about this, that Kain Bakodesh means, If only when I'm in a holy place, I would feel the same yearning as when I was in the desert. If only when I'm in and surrounded by a community, when I have everything that I need for my spiritual uplift, if only then I would have the same yearning as I had when I didn't have it, when it was taken away from me, when I was in the desert and alone. If only I would feel the same because that deep power of yearning, of wishing that you were in a, in a better place, in a higher place, in a more holy place, that yearning itself is so dear and so precious, is so powerful. When you're in a holy place, you take it for granted. When you don't have it, you, you feel that yearning. And the Rebbe said, who knows what God pr prefers? Does God prefer the Torah and mitzvahs that you perform when you're in a community and it's easy? Or does He prefer the yearning, the wish that you could do that with a community? The wish and the yearning, but you can't do it. What is more precious to God? The person who's, who is in a community and has it easy? Or the person who's disconnected from the community and wishes they could be there? That wishing and yearning is extremely dear to Hashem. And so the Rebbe said this in the presence of Moshe Feiglin at, at the Fabrangan, that who knows what was greater, the, the lonely years when you didn't have the community and you wished that you could have it, or the more comfortable years when you had a beautiful community surrounding you. Who knows which is, which is more precious. And so I think of that when we face this Rosh Hashanah. And I, and I think that many of us will be yearning for that community connection. And that yearning is good. That yearning is positive. It's, it's powerful. It's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's, in fact, it's a bit ironic because sometimes when we have the community, we get annoyed by it and we complain about it. And then when we don't have it, we yearn for it. This is human nature. This is how we are. But that, but that yearning itself awakens in us a realization of who are we and who and where do we really belong. And so it's... It, the, the loneliness, the very beautiful, poetic, and painful loneliness that many people are feeling now, that, that loneliness is an opening, an opening of our heart to yearn for true, a deep, deeper connection. And this is where we're supposed to be this year. And so therefore, I think the answer really to the dilemma, are we supposed to be upset and feeling left out and uh, like, like this is, this is um, we, we wish we'd be in a different circumstance? Or should we be accepting and happy and joyous about it? It has to be both. It certainly has to be both. We have to feel both. We have to feel two, two different pulls in our heart. On the one hand, we should be yearning for community. We should be missing that, that, that we're not going to shul. 
But that missing itself is such a gift. It's such a beautiful gift. You know, it, it was Shakespeare who said uh, that uh, parting is such a sweet sorrow. That, uh, that when you say goodbye to someone you love, it's a sweet sorrow. It, it's, it's painful, but it's beautiful because you're connected. So in a similar way, there's a certain sweetness, there's the, a beauty to the pain that we are feeling in our disconnect this year. And that disconnect shows what a deep connection we really have and how the, the natural state of a Jew is to be a part of the Jewish community, is to, is to be connecting with shul. It's fascinating that even many people who are not such shul goers a pain this year that they can't go to shul. You could, you could have gone all the time. Or many times you could have gone, you didn't go. And this time, you can't go and it pains you. That's good. That's beautiful. That shows the, the true essence of the Jewish soul. And so certainly, this is how it's supposed to be this year. Everyone in their, in their particular situation, in their particular place, we have to follow the guidelines of our leaders, uh, uh, the, the rabbis who are following the guidelines of the government and the, and, and the medical authorities. We have to do what we, what we can do and what we should do. But, it, but when we do that, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We are where we're supposed to be. But still feeling that sense of yearning of being in a, in a greater and better place, that is, that is, that is I think, a, a correct thing. And our ultimate yearning is that we should all be together, not just in our shuls, but all shuls should be together. In Jerusalem, in the temple, we should be able to celebrate festivals to, together as a, a huge community. Not just our personal little community in our area, but the entire Jewish community all around the world reuniting together. In the temple, the third temple, with the coming of Mashiach, may it happen very soon. Amen.